0: Welcome to episode 15 of the passionate purpose podcast, where we interview people over 50 who are pursuing new direction for their lives. It's an opportunity for men and women to tell their stories, their way in their own words. I'm Greg Gerber, the founder of forward from 50 and your host for today's show. Steve Rupert grew up in Michigan, but he moved 21 times since 1987 before finally settling down in Fredericksburg, Virginia, after meeting Patty, the love of his life, to whom he was married in September 2021. Prior to turning 50, Steve had multiple careers. His first stage involved working as an electronic technician in the U.S. Air Force, where he was stationed in the Philippines and in Oklahoma. He did that for nine years. Then in the mid-1990s, he worked in the telecommunications industry, at jobs that took him to several different states. But Steve kept bumping into a ceiling on all the jobs because he lacked a college degree. So, in 2002, he went back to school to complete his bachelor's degree. Then he began working in project management positions till he wound up working for a wind turbine company in Washington State. Family pressure nudged him to return to Virginia a few years later. After turning 50, Steve's life changed when he found true love for the first time. He'd been married twice before, but he got involved in relationships for the wrong reasons, he explained, noting that he was often filled with self-doubt and wondering what he was doing wrong that caused his other relationships to fail. That all changed after a chance encounter at Great Falls Park near Washington, D.C., shortly after Steve turned 50. Hiking along the trails requires people to scramble over loose rocks and some other rather large boulders. He was with a group of strangers and just chatting with others as they hiked. It didn't take long before Steve thought his new friend, Patty, might be a kindred spirit. They wound up talking for several hours at night, then went out the following night to a restaurant where they continued to talk for hours, stopping after realizing the restaurant had closed 45 minutes earlier. The experience taught Steve a lesson that had evaded him his entire adult life, and that was to simply be himself rather than trying to pretend to be somebody else. Prior to meeting Patty, Steve had spent most of his life trying to make other people happy, which meant he had become the type of person they wanted him to be. He finally understood it was up to him to make sure that he kept himself happy rather than relying on other people for affirmation and personal happiness. But during the same time, Steve was forced to change careers again after he had been putting in 60 to 70 hours a week on a project. He was emotionally and intellectually exhausted, and it showed in his attitude. In fact, he wound up being terminated by his employer. Steve knew he needed a new job, but this time he would be really picky. To tell the rest of his story about finding true love and a rewarding career after turning 50, please welcome Steve Rupert to the show. Thanks for joining me today, Steve. I really appreciate your time. Tell me a little bit about yourself, like where you're from and where you are now.
1: Where I'm from is a long story. I've moved 21 times since 1987. Consider myself Michigan, it is the closest thing I have to home. I was there for six years when I was growing up, but it was between first and sixth grade, so... That's the most formative years in my mind there. And that's where a lot of my family is from, I'm from Michigan. But good gosh, I've not been there since the early 70s. Okay. i had opportunities to go all over the country here and even a little bit overseas. I was in the military for a few years and then did some contract work and have worked on both coasts and places in the middle. And I've seen a lot of this country. So right now I'm firmly ensconced in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Okay. With my lovely bride to whom I just got married three weeks ago.
0: Okay, congratulations! <laughs> I, Thank you. I hope you're going to be talking about that during our interview. So probably, yeah, probably, <laughs> very good. And so you just got married. Is this the first? No, time? it isn't. Okay. Do you have kids or grandkids? No, I don't. Okay. Uh,
1: the, the exes were we couldn't make up our mind whether we wanted to have kids. So I guess I feel I, I guess I'm lucky in that sense because we didn't end up having kids. Okay. And didn't have to deal with all that stuff. I'm also further blessed because my wife, whom I just got married to, has a son and a daughter. And they her son has a son, her daughter has a daughter. I've been around their entire life. They're turning five and six this year. We've been together for almost eight years. Okay. And I'm grandpa. Oh, I'm, that- I'm getting to experience all that joy without necessarily dealing with all the sleepless nights and many pairs of diapers
0: that should be almost illegal and <laughs> children is the crown or the reward for having to endure 18 to 20 years of raising kids and so you come in and marry somebody with kids and then get all the benefits of being a grandpa i'm very jealous cool what did you do for a living before you turned 50
1: my, my careers can be basically broken down in three stages first of all i was in the military as an electronic technician and that was going pretty well, I was overseas in the Philippines, came back to Oklahoma. Mid nineties, when they were reducing the military a lot, I ended up getting out as opposed to sticking around. I was, I'd been in there for nine years I then worked as electronic technician and then some other positions in telecommunications for a few years. And that took me to a few different states, but I kept running into a glass ceiling because I did not have a bachelor's degree. Then in around 2002, I decided to go back to school. I got my bachelor's degree in 2005. And started working in construction project management positions. Worked for a couple companies that it, things just working out well. One folded, another one didn't have a lot of opportunities. Basically, it didn't. went through a few relationship things, ended up eventually in Washington State. What part? But the construction company is having some issues there. Actually, was working for a wind turbine company. And here I am in Washington State. My dad's back in Virginia. He's in his early 80s. And he's telling me, gosh, Steve, I really wish you were around here. We have some light bulbs that need to be changed. I'm like, wow, really? Because he couldn't get up on the steps. And that's why my stepmother Betsy, she didn't like getting up on steps at all. So half the house was dark because they couldn't find anybody to help change the light bulbs. And they were back here in Virginia. <laughs> so I came back here. I ended up working for a company as project manager. They bounced me around to a couple different places with promotions. I ended up here in Fredericksburg. I met Patty. And... That's where I was until uh
0: a few years ago. Okay, very good. What kind of hobbies do you enjoy?
1: Like doing things that are a little bit dangerous. Danger- uh, I'm a scuba diver. Okay. Got Patty to do scuba diving. We I've also gone rock climbing, hiking, biking. We've been skydiving, we've been zip lining, water propelling down a waterfall, whitewater rafting, snow skiing. Patty didn't do any of these things, and I instead of just Having her step outside the box, I basically took her box and tore it to pieces. Oh, no. One of, one of, the, really, one of the really cool things that we did was uh, we actually got to go down and hike the Machu Picchu Trail. Did a four-day trek down there about uh, four or five years ago. It's some ruins that are up in the mountains, and you can go hike on the trail that the Incas made many years ago. And it was just a really neat experience.
0: It sounds like you've done some traveling. Are there any places that you've really enjoyed being? Autumn?
1: All of them? Okay. I haven't been to Europe, but I pretty much try to enjoy wherever I'm at. Because no matter where you go, there's going to be some cool things about it. there's some things you don't like about it, there's going to be some really cool things about it, too. So I always try to find the good parts of wherever I'm going and try to enjoy the local flavor and appreciate that. It's going to be a culture or, or something that's different from what I'm used to. I'm sure any place that I go, they want to show off their country and their culture and stuff just as much as I'd want to show off here to somebody came visiting from out of the country or out of state. Do you enjoy reading? I do enjoy reading. I generally don't go reading a lot. Okay. I have this nasty habit. I pick up a book, I start to read, and I can't put it down. And all of a sudden, it's four o'clock in the morning. And I've got to get up to work at six. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> what kind of books do you like?
1: Oh, I'm a fiction fiction person. Okay. The wizards and, and dragons and that kind of stuff. I really enjoy those style books.
0: Okay. Very good.
1: So needless to say, I really love Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit,
0: Star Wars. All those stuff. Okay. What about So same with the movies, Lord of the Rings and Star Wars and stuff. That that kind of thing is what trips your trigger when it comes to...
1: Yeah. My movie, ch- my movie choices run pretty much the entire gamut. I will watch those i'll watch the marvel movies i will watch a romantic comedy with patty one of the things that i had to do when i started dating her her daughter said i'm not allowed to date her mother until i watched the muppet movie all the way through (laughs) i did i actually enjoyed it Uh uh-huh and therefore i got to stay with her and we are married now so that was a test that i passed okay but yeah pretty much the only thing i don't watch are the horror movies blood and guts doesn't do anything for me and i don't get scared by them so
0: I had three daughters and they domesticated me so that I did not miss a single princess movie for about 20 years as it came out. So, yeah, I understand how powerful daughters can be in, in that regard. Before you turned okay. 50, what was one thing you were really proud of accomplishing?
1: Oh, gosh. Something I was proud of accomplishing before 50. There was, When I was in the military, there was a basically a worldwide military competition turned out to be mostly just here in the U.S., but we had a team with 3rd Combat Com Group in Korea, Air Force Base, Oklahoma, and I got to be on the team. In the middle of the training for it, I sprained my ankle. I had to beg and plead to stay on the team. They did let me stay on the team. A lot of intense training at the very end. Um, our team ended up winning, and I was tied with one other person for the, the most medals won in the individual events. It was a great team. Everybody out, really out. Just out there did a really good job. We pulled together as a team and we came up with a victory to be the best combat communications group in the Air Force. And I was just really proud of that just because it was one of the harder things that I ever did. And I had to overcome some obstacles. And I did and it succeeded.
0: And you were working when you are injured and that's no fun at all.
1: Yeah, or sitting on the sideline while everybody else is running around training and I'm on crutches going, (laughs) I got to get out there.
0: I understand. After you turned 50, I understand that the, your life changed a little bit and you found true love for the first time. Why don't you tell us about that?
1: I've been married twice before. I jumped into relationships for the wrong reasons, it didn't work out. There, it, This wasn't a situation where anybody was trying to go out of their way to make life miserable for me or, or anything. I've heard some really nasty stories about that. Things just didn't work out. But I was beginning to really wonder... Am I ever going to find anybody? You know, am I doing something wrong? Why can't I find somebody? Do I really know what I'm supposed to be doing or whatever? i just so happy, I, I like hiking. Ended up meeting Patty on a hike that we both went on. This place called Great Falls up in Washington, D.C., It's a hike that has a lot of rocks. Whenever we go on, whenever I get on some sort of online social group hike where there's a number of people, random strangers, just me. I try to talk with a lot of people. I was talking with Patty and we had one come. So I thought that was neat. Anyways, segue a little bit further on in the hike. And we got a whole bunch of rocks that are out there along the path in between all the dirt. So I started hopping from rock to rock. Do you remember playing the lava game as a kid? Yes. You take the cushions off the couch and you'd have to make it from the couch over to the chair without touching the carpet because it's lava. All right. So that's what I was doing. Yes. I'm 50 years old and I'm playing the lava game out on the hike. Why? I like that. I've been told I'm a little bit goofy sometimes. Anyways, so I'm playing the lava game. Patty's behind me. She has not know me from Adam. And she says, what are you doing? And I explain you, I'm playing the lava game. Remember when you were a kid, blah, blah, blah. And she says, oh, okay. Made sense and stuff. Continued on with the hike, I don't know, a mile or two later, ran into another area with a whole bunch of rocks. And I just started hopping from rock to rock again. I'll just break up the that a little bit. I just happened to glance behind me, and I see Patty behind me hopping from rock to rock. And something in my mind went, ooh, Ooh. this might be a kindred spirit. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. We talked that night. We went out the next night to a restaurant, the classic Casey in the romantic comedies. Just, we're just talk, talking and talking and talking and suddenly look around and realize all the staff sitting in the corner looking at their watch because they closed 45 minutes ago. We had no idea. <laughs> and it's just been it's just been wonderful ever since. But okay. I guess one of the things I discovered over time with this, and I think it, it it's a little bit more than just in love, just something about life, you really got to be yourself you can't pretend to, you can't pretend to be somebody else I and mean, that's one of the beautiful things i can totally be myself around her and she loves me for who i am but it discovers really important not just there but also it, in work and stuff you can't sit here and spend your entire life trying to make other people happy i heard some somebody say one time that there's only one one person is re- really responsible for taking care of you and that's you and that's a lesson that i've it, it's taken me a long time to try to get to and try to understand that it's up to me to make sure that I find that I keep myself happy and figure out ways that I can do what I want to do.
0: Oh, before you met uh-huh. Patty, were you looking for love, or had you pretty much given up after two not so good relationships?
1: I had not given up. I was concerned, scared, cautious, wondering if it was going to happen. Had a lot of doubts. I wanted to try to find somebody. But I just didn't know how and. One of the things that happened in our relationship here, like I said, we hit it off really well. We've been together for eight years. We still haven't had an argument. Disagreements, yes, but no arguments. But she figured out early on that, okay, I, this guy's it. This is a guy I want to spend the rest of my life with. Yes. And I was so scared and nervous. She said she loved me long before I felt that I could tell her that I love her. And it's because I, I was scared about making the same mistake, scared about being in love with the idea of being in love or something along those lines. So it took me a long time to come to grips with my feelings and make sure that I was feeling what I should. And it's just been getting better and better every year.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's a great story. Now, when it comes to work, I understand you were burned out at your job. And you changed so,
1: careers? yes, I was working on a project that ended up going south. I don't want to go into the details. Something happened. My attitude went to pieces. They ended up letting me go, which is the right thing to do because I had zero interest in staying there anymore. Mm-hmm. So it was a worked out mutual thing. Everybody said that was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me because I was putting in 70 hours a week, 60, 70 hours a week. I, I, that's all I did. It worked. Everybody close to me said that me no longer working for that company was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because I was so unhappy. And a few weeks later, I realized, dang, they're right. This really sucked.
0: How old were you, you working all
1: those hours? Not being able to spend any time w- with Patty. So many times she wanted to go camping and I'm no, oh, I can't. I got to work. I wanted to go hike. Oh, I can't. I got to work. She was hanging in there with me, but no, it was, I didn't even realize it was causing some issues with our relationship. So when I started trying to figure out where I want to work again, I was being picky and not trying to find some place that I knew I was going to end up having to work a lot of hours. As a matter of fact, she told me, don't. She would rather have me work working a minimum wage job someplace than get something that's lucrative that has me working all those gazillion hours. I'm not going to sit here and take your podcast time for marketing my business, but I'm starting my own company in something that I think I'm really going to enjoy and I'm really excited about it. And it's neat to have a positive outlook like this in the future, doing something that I'm going to have fun doing that little classic find something you enjoy doing and, and figure out a way to get paid for it. Life'd be great. Go ahead. I and, think I found it.
0: Go ahead and tell us what the business is. And a lot of people are out there looking for opportunities and they are scared to jump into it. So if you don't mind, tell us, tell me a little bit about that idea that you have.
1: I'm going to be a mobile RV technician and RV inspector. Um, there are a lot of right now with COVID, a bunch of people, realize, well, if I can't go on Disney World, I can't go on a cruise, I can't go fly over to Europe, hey, I can go camping. Sales have gone through the roof here the last few years. And with the manufacturers cranking out so many units and so many people buying these, and there's a lot of people that could use some help with buying, could use some help with getting repairs on all these yachts that are being sent out there. And so there's plenty of opportunities to go out and do work. Repair centers are very busy. A lot of them are booked up two, three, five. I've even heard six months. If you have something broke that you can't go fix it, I discovered an opportunity to take some classes and become a certified RV technician, and RV inspector. And that's what I'm doing. Matter of fact, putting the policy, finishing touches on getting my business started and going to be going out trying to drum up some work starting this weekend.
0: Okay. And this is in the Virginia area?
1: Yes, I'm in Fredericksburg, Virginia. It's about halfway between Washington, D.C. and Richmond.
0: Okay, very good. I know a lot of people who have gone and done that already, becoming a uh, certified RV technician and certified RV inspector, and both of them claim that it is a good business, very lucrative for the hours that they put in, relatively easy to do for somebody who is technically minded, and it sounds like you've got a background in that.
1: I do. My, pretty much my entire life has been solving problems and or troubleshooting. So I'm really looking forward to trying to take those skills and utilize them in this skill set. And a lot of people, there are a lot of people that are doing this as a second career or as a retired career, because one of of the beautiful things about this particular industry is you can work as little or as much as you want. It's not a matter of trying to drum up work. It's generally more of an issue once you get going and turning down work. So you don't end up working too much. And a lot of people are doing that as part-time jobs, especially if they're going out full-time RVing. Right. Go out, hit a campground, earn a couple bucks, and then go hiking the rest
0: of the week. Exactly. I hear that all the time, that many of these RV technicians are marketing their business by simply putting a sign on their work truck and driving around campgrounds. And it's not too long before they're flagged down with somebody who needs something fixed. And when you're when people are staying at a campground, they're putting out signs either on their RV or right outside the RV announcing that they're certified RV technicians and they generally get something to do right there in the campground.
1: Yep. One of the people that was at the class there taking with me, he's a flight attendant about to retire from that. He's 67 years old, or excuse me, 61 years old. He's all excited about starting this new career that he's going to be working at for the next 10 to 20 years.
0: Yep. That's neat. It's 61. So it's never too late to settle. Plenty of life left at 61 to get out there and do something that doesn't bring you a lot of stress and that you will enjoy. So how did you learn about this opportunity? I was lucky enough to run into just
1: talked with a gentleman that was walking his dog in the neighborhood. <clears throat> I hadn't seen him before. So I was outside. I saw him. I said, hi, started chatting. And this is something that he, had, he did. He was working for his own RV repair company. He worked for uh, large company doing it for a while. And then he decided to strike out in his own. And we were talking because I have the camper out in the driveway there. So we were talking about the camper and just came up with a conversation. That's what he was doing. And, you know, I like working on stuff. I like fixing stuff. And then I'll just mentioning that when there's a possible career, that kind of got my mind thinking. Did a little bit of research on how I'd get training or how I'd get more expertise in it. I had a lot of discussions about the, the finances and can we do this? Are we going to do this? And Patty was fully supportive of everything. So we pulled the trigger and made it happen. Okay, And this has all been in the last six months, six months ago, this wasn't even on my radar.
0: Oh my goodness. So you just jumped right in. What did the training, is it a rather lengthy training that you had to go through?
1: So there's multiple schools out there that offer training. I chose NRBTA that's in Texas. I just felt that was the best school around for my own reason. They have different classes. For people that just want to learn a little bit about an RV and maybe take care of it themselves, they have a one-week fundamentals class. And then for people that want to know more, they'll have advanced classes, like one week on refrigerators, another week on air conditioners, another week on furnaces and water heaters and such, a two-week class on inspections, a class on solar, a class on generators. When I went down there, I just said, I'm going to go this full bore. And I took absolutely every single class they had back to back. Not a lot of people do that, like that right away, but a whole lot of people end up doing it and then coming back for more classes at some point in time. So did you take, but yeah, that? virtually everybody there would qualify for your over 50 because they were, they've gotten to a position where, okay, they can retire and they're trying to figure out now what to do, or they had to retire and they had to figure out what to do. And I think it's great that they're finding something there.
0: Now, did you take the technician and inspector classes? Yes. So you're ready to go on both ends. You can help yes, I buy am. an RV and fix it when they're done. <laughs> very good. Yeah. Super. What did that kind of thing cost to get you set up in a business like this? Can you give a ballpark? You don't have to be very specific, but are we talking hundred thousand dollars, $10,000?
1: No, I spent well under that. When we sat down to do this, my costs, we figured out and came up with a budget and my costs are going down there, taking all the classes, buying all the tools, buying all the equipment, then all the things you have to do for your business, setting up your business, getting the LLC, getting insurance, getting all these things. We came up with a dollar amount, uh, an approximate dollar amount that was between thirty and fifty thousand dollars. I don't want to give the exact number, and that was my budget to work with, and we were able to do it within that budget. Wonderful. I know they're going through some changes down there as far as what classes they can offer, so I think it'd be a disservice to sit here and say it cost me this much for the tuition because. Costs have been going up on all kinds of things. I know their costs, when I first talked with them, were increased afterwards because they're trying to really increase their national exposure and are also trying to support some
0: national industry associations to be recognized because that's something that's missing. That's neat that you were able to do that and get it all done at once because that, that opens a lot of doors for you and you can just jump right in. Did you have to get a truck and all that too? Is that factored into... What your costs, or did you already have something that you can haul around all your tools and your ladder and things like that? We already had a truck
1: because we have our camper. We already had a truck to haul it around. And it's sad to say that my four wheel drive V8 half ton pickup truck was probably one of the smallest ones at the entire campground the time that I was there. <laughs> but yes, I have a pickup truck and okay. I'll be working out of that. There are people that get that end up buying trailers, have vans, they might have a small building out back. So you can do it with this, with something as small as a Nissan Pathfinder, one of the people's has, and all the way up to, you know, going out and having your own workshop building with multiple bays. Just depends. depends on how you want to approach it. I'm keeping things small because we are both hoping to retire full time in six years.
0: Okay, good. How did so? You said Patty was receptive of this. How did your friends and other relatives react to your decision to jump into a business like this?
1: So when they heard what I was going to do, they all thought, man, that's the perfect thing for you, Steve. You're going to kick butt.
0: (laughs) Oh, really? Super. So they were supportive.
1: And I I fix up stuff around the house. I've helped other people fix up stuff around the house. In the neighborhood, if somebody was building a deck and I saw it, I'd go grab my cordless drill and maybe a six pack and come over and see if I can help. Okay. (laughs) Just just because I thought it was fun. And yeah, I don't mind working on stuff. I don't mind fixing stuff. I've done work as a handyman before. So trying to troubleshoot problems as an electronic technician, I did that all the time, trying to fix them. I get a kick out of figuring out a problem and fixing it. So it really did seem to be right up my alley.
0: Okay. So you don't mind the uh, challenge or the stress of trying to figure out why something isn't working. You'll just get in there and look at it until you find what the cause is and take care of it. Yep, I can see where that would be a lot of fulfillment for somebody who really likes that kind of tinkering around with their hands and with tools.
1: Really, the best part of it, though, is, okay, there's a little bit of internal satisfaction of going in there and saying, okay, this was a pretty tough air conditioning problem, but I fixed it. But I think that the neater thing is being able to do that and realize that, hey, I just might have helped save somebody's vacation from becoming a complete disaster because their air conditioner works again. That's Uh, That's one of those kind of scenarios that I really get a kick out of and just be smiling inside all the way back to all the way back home or over to my next job.
0: You had mentioned earlier that it's really hard for RV owners to often get appointments for service centers at RV dealerships. They're just overwhelmed with work because the technicians have to inspect and repair every RV that comes from the manufacturer and they have to inspect it again before they're. It's sold, and so the technicians are handling all of the that are coming in for service, and the RV dealer needs the technician to handle things for all the RVs that are being sold. And as if you're familiar with the industry, they've sold like 600,000 RVs in the past year just here in the United States. And I understand that there are about 2,000 RVs sold, used RVs sold every day. In America, which is just phenomenal, so there 's plenty of opportunity for that, because, like you said, people who are going on vacation they summers are short in some parts of the country, and if you only have a six weeks three month summer to have six weeks of it tied up, waiting for repair is just its it 's unfortunate mobile service technicians to the rescue yes, sir, very good so How does retirement, how would you define retirement or what's it look like for you?
1: What it looks like for me is getting an RV, moving into a big one. We just got a little small 19 footer. Our plan is to put the house up for rent, get a full, get a big fifth wheel, something we can live in and go live in it full time and go visit all the places because I've had the opportunity to go across country. So I've seen the Rockies, I've seen the plains. I've seen the Pacific coast. I've seen the Atlantic coast. I've been up north to Maine. I've been down to Florida and seen the Everglades and all these different things. And there's just so many neat things all over the country. And I really like to go and spend time and go see those. (laughs) Patty also is interested in doing that. She's had much less of an opportunity than I have. So I get the opportunity to go enjoy that again and then actually Kind of show it to her and enjoy her seeing it through her eyes for the first time, and enjoying that whole thing. But yeah, we just want to go out and spend time outside. We're not the sit inside, go to the big city type thing. We're much happier out there walking in the woods. Sometimes we'll just stop and look at each other and smile to take a view break. But and I'm blessed that she's been she's got a job. She's been working at for a number of years, and it's been we're going to be in a financial situation where we can do that. <laughs> But doing, having a reason, I guess, or a purpose or a goal or something to do or something to look forward to, that having that, I think, is a really beautiful thing. She made a comment when we first met that she thought that she was going to end up being a lonely old widow who's working until she's 80 because there's no place else to go or nothing else to do. And she keeps telling me, thank you for saving her from that. I don't think she would have... I don't think she would have done that. She would have been to adventure, and this would have come out eventually. But I think having a goal or having something to do or having something to look forward to is critical. There's an article I read one time, and I might bugger it up here a little bit, and I can't remember who it did, so I can't even give the proper credit. But the gist of it was a gentleman who was doing a study, people that were in communities where the average age of death was really high. And I think he was talking about there was a community where the average person lived over a hundred. Average. Wow. Which is just amazing. <clears throat> he was trying to figure out what was going on. He looked at it and he said, okay, maybe it's in their diet. They have you know, they're more of a primitive culture. So they eat a lot of vegetables. A lot of people eat, eat a lot of vegetables. So that's not it. Maybe they don't have a whole lot of con- contact with the outside world. A lot of the different cultures don't have contact with the outside world. So that wasn't it. He kept trying all these different things. And then all of a sudden he just stumbled on the fact that in that culture, in their language, they do not have a word or anything to explain the concept of retirement. The idea is that if you can do something, do it. And I really remember him talking, he said he was talking with this one lady who's 102 years old. And he said, so what keeps you going? What, what makes you get up in the day? And she looked at him and says, I have to take care of the grandkids. You have to take care of the babies. Her job was to take care of the great grandkids. Because that's what she could do. And she had a purpose and a job and something, a reason to get up and do things. And he said that seemed to be the factor that everybody there would always, would have something to do and have a goal or a purpose or a mission in life. And he thinks that contributed more to people's well being than anything else.
0: That's great. And I would agree with that. Yeah, that's very solid advice, Steve. I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate the time, too. And you've got, covered a lot of subjects that I think are near and dear to a lot of people over 50 who are wondering what they want to do when they grow up. And you've given hope that true love is still possible after the age of 50. So I really appreciate your time.
1: Just one disclaimer here. I do, I do agree with the philosophy I saw on a t-shirt one time. that said, if you haven't grown up by the time you're 50, you no longer have to. <laughs>
0: there you go. That's a great idea. So thank you again for your time. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate Steve Rupert for being so vulnerable and sharing his story with us today. Steve's story resonates with me on several levels. First, he realized trying to make everyone else happy only made him miserable. The disease to please sucked the joy and purpose right out of his life. And it reflected in his attitude that only compounded Steve's problems and made the situations and relationships he was involved in even worse. An old adage explains that a lion who is trapped in a cage all his life no longer realizes he's a lion. The same holds true for people. When they try to please everyone else by living up to their expectations, it's very possible to get trapped in an unfulfilling life. Steve's wife, Patty, admitted that she'd rather see him happy by working at a minimum wage job rather than having a lucrative position somewhere else, but working a lot of hours. How many of us have stuck with jobs we hated simply because we like the security of a paycheck. I've talked to many people over the years who say they dislike their jobs and even the people they work with but they can't afford to leave because of the benefits. When they realize that happiness and career fulfillment are some of the most priceless benefits to life. They start to understand they can buy whatever other benefits they need on their own. In the end Steve started his own company as a mobile RV technician and RV inspector because it gave him total control over his income, schedule, and the people he worked with. We see that in movies all the time. People who have amassed great wealth but have no time to enjoy it and no people to enjoy it with because the job took so much out of them, they didn't have anything left to invest in relationships. The business Steve selected was ideally suited toward his unique skills. Most of his adult life had been spent troubleshooting and solving problems. With the inspection business, Now he could work as much as he wants to, and even set his own schedule. That means he has the freedom to pursue things he is truly passionate about. I know Steve Rupert will be tremendously successful now by working at a job he enjoys and spending time with a woman who loves him for who he truly is. People can connect with Steve on Facebook or by visiting www.sunriservservices.com. That's all I have for this week's show. If you'd like help in identifying a purpose for your life or get help planning your next steps, I'm offering a complimentary brainstorming session to members of our Forward From 50 Facebook community. For details, connect with me on Facebook or visit www.forwardfrom50.com. Next week, you'll hear a woman's perspective about starting over in a new career and finding love after turning 50. I'll have that interview on the next episode of the Passionate Purpose podcast. Thanks for listening. If you like this show, please consider leaving a review wherever you download the episodes.